The following episode of Battleship Pretension is brought to you by Agile Mobile Hostile, a new film documenting a year in the life of R&B legend Andre Williams. A recent selection of the AFI Fest, Agile Mobile Hostile will be screening at the Hollywood Arclight on November 7th and November 9th. For further details, just go to www.agilemobilehostile.com or click on the banner ad on the homepage at battleshippretension.com. Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship <laughs> Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, how's it going? A little thrown off. Uh, yeah. Because you didn't tell me you'd hit record. <laughs> yeah. Normally that, that's part of the ceremony. You hit record and then I'm like, I got my game face on. Right. But like, we you were recording and we were just talking. Yeah. And I was saying something that will definitely have to be cut out. Absolutely. And um, But then there wasn't like that ceremony of like right. the hitting record. So suddenly I, I, I didn't have the impetus to, to, to turn into, into podcast mode. All right. Well, we're recording now. Yeah, I know, I, but I. All right, my my, you can't tell me that. Like my sense memory won't won't adjust <laughs> to that because I don't have the instance of hitting record. Sense memory. All right, talking a little Meisner over there. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, but you're doing okay. You've been uh, sounds like you've been pretty busy these days. I guess, yeah. as always. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had some friends in from out of town, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, hung out, went to Disneyland, of course, because that's what I do. That is what you do, and I can't and blame you for it. D- Disneyland no is a blast. And I went, uh, you know, I went on my first, we went over to uh, California Adventure, and I w- we went on the roller coaster California Screamin', and uh, I have not been on a roller coaster in which you go upside down in, in a long, long time. And uh, I don't recall enjoying it at the time to- uh, when I was younger. Really? I, I like it now. Yeah, it's fun. Just the once. Going upside down once, I think I'm all right with. But uh, several times. Uh, oh, I, like, I like a corkscrew. You like, mm, no thank you. That do, it, not, not for me. But it was a lot of fun. Well, I really well, enjoyed well, it. Hmm? Do, you, do you really not trust the, uh, you think you're going to fall out? Is that what it is? Oh, no. It just uh, it just uh, messes with my head and stomach. Okay. So, um, but but just one, I can, I can because before you know it, it's over with. Um but yes, if any if any listeners are going to be going to Disney's California Adventure, I highly recommend California Screamin' as well as Mulholland Madness, which is a lot of fun. I've still so. never been to California Adventure. We'll go sometime, you and me. It'll be a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, anyway, so I think they have a day out of the year there for just that sort of arrangement. Two guys going to the oh, park. Oh yes, together. I got gotcha. you. All right, but you know, in two thousand nine, you can go free on your birthday. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I didn't. I did see that. So watch. So we'll go on your birthday, and I, of course, have the yearly pass, so it'll it won't cost me anything. So we'll be all right. Lots of fun. Okay. Okay. Now, with my friend, I saw the first movie I've seen in well over a month and a half uh, in the theater, and it's it's been out for what like three weeks, four I guess weeks so. now. Yeah. And uh, I've been wanting to see it for a while, and there's not much else out right now that I it really interests me. And everything's getting pushed. Yeah. To next year, like yeah. We're not going to see the road. Uh, I didn't know the road until, got pushed. When did that yeah. get pushed till? Uh, until January or February. Oh, that was supposed to be like a big Oscar contender, as yeah. was the Soloist, which got pushed to March. 
Yeah, yeah, the soloist, and and then of course, um, uh, the Harry Potter movie, right, didn't come out. So, uh, yeah, now, this is gonna be. I'm like looking at my top because t- I keep a top ten movies, right? And I'm <laughs> this has been such like a sort of a really down year, yeah. That like the promotion is still at the bottom of my top right. ten, right? Like I, I enjoyed the promotion, but that that should not be a top ten movie in any year. Yeah, I think the ruins may have just gotten pushed out of my <laughs> top ten, um, but. Uh, yeah, when we were discuss a few weeks ago, when we were discussing Harry Potter getting pushed back, di- did either of us speculate that it might have to do with the fact that Equus is uh, is on Broadway right now? I think you've mentioned that. Okay, all yeah, right. I wasn't. You just mentioned that to me. Okay, yeah, because off, cause off I wa- air, because it didn't e- like maybe I just remembered it recently because uh, Equus w- was reviewed in Entertainment Weekly, and I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Uh, but maybe it occurred to me before. I don't know. I I tend to forget things, but um. By the, the way, I, I at no point did I think the soloist was going to be good. <sighs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, okay. I like the director, um, Joe Joe Wright, oh, who did right. uh, Pride and Prejudice yeah. and Atonement, which I didn't care for, but it was directed well. Um, yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. looks good in it, and I'm sure he is. Catherine Keener's in it. I like her. Uh, Jamie Foxx, mm, no thank you. I don't like his character, and I don't like... What is, what is his character? Explain it to me. His character is like a crazy homeless man who's also a, br- a brilliant uh, violinist, I believe. Okay. And uh, Is he he's Samuel L. Jackson's character from The Caveman's Valentine? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's that mixed with um, a, a, an Oscar-winning crazy character. Just, you know, he... W- he's I never not saw The Caveman's quite... Valentine. Oh, neither w- did I. W- wasn't he crazy, too? He was, he was... But he was, like, more lucid. Okay. Like, Neither of us have seen this movie, and we're right. I'm asking you about the characters in it, and you're answering right. as if you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, spe- I'm. We're comparing the characters in one movie we haven't seen to another one that's a little older that we haven't seen. And uh, Caveman's Valentine's like ten years old now. Is it really? It came out in like '98, I think. 2009 is almost upon us, and that means that like American Beauty and The Matrix are ten years old. Is like I, like I said, I think I said this a week or two ago. Eventually, we will get to an age where that will, sort of thing will just stop be shocking to us. I know, stop being shocking. I'm us. not there yet, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Jamie, Jamie Fox is not. It's just everything about that character. Maybe the movie, you know, maybe the movie in general, but everything about that character just screams like, "Hey, guess who's gunning for another Oscar?" But the fact that they pushed it to March makes me think like, oh, maybe it's not that good, you know? Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know that they pushed the road. That kind of bums me out. I was looking forward to it. Um, well, it was kind of the fact that it was supposed to come out on November 14th and I still hadn't seen any trailers or anything hmm. kind of made me think this is going to get pushed. Like, they're not ready. Huh. They don't have anything to show us. Okay, so you think it's a function of them not being ready as opposed to, like, them not wanting to, uh, you know, enter it during Oscar season? That's the impression I get. Okay. Okay. Either that, or they've known that either that or it sucked, and they've known it sucked for a long time, and that's why they didn't give us any promotional material at all. Hmm. I've seen I've seen like a still, like a production still. And right. That's all I've right. seen. Yeah. Uh, everything. Yeah. Everything about that movie uh, interests me. The fact that uh, John Hillcoat directed it, mm-hmm. and he did the proposition, which I, of course I loved. Um, and it just seems to be because I remember when the proposition came out, a lot of critics, uh, most notably I'd say uh, Roger Ebert. Um, said that uh, that's like, hey, you know, now that I've seen uh, the proposition, I really think that somebody could. Uh, I really think that Blood Meridian could be made into a movie, c- which he previously thought could not be made into a movie. Um, and so it's interesting that now those, you know, the forces of Cormac McCarthy and 
John Hillcote have come together for a movie. But I wonder uh, if we could get a whole episode out of uh, the idea of books that can't be made into movies. I think that yeah, I think there's something there. Because I hate that idea. I think that you know, I, I'll read a book and say, well, I couldn't write a screenplay. But somebody, there's people out there more talented than I am, especially when it comes to screenwriting, because I don't do that. Any book can be made into a movie in some way. Right. I think what they mean is a movie, a book that can't be made into a conventional movie. I mean, Naked Lunch. From what I, I've not read the book, but from what I, everyone's like, oh, it, it can't be, it can't be filmed. And it's like, well, it can. It just is not going to measure up to what you think it should be, and that kind of thing. So. It just needs to be its own thing. It needs to capture the spirit of 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 the of the book, right? But still be a movie, right? Um, but that now a book that uh, that I had not heard of was made into a movie that I just saw. Uh, oh yeah, that's what we you go. were getting at right. a while ago. Um, and it was it's called Appaloosa, with uh, directed by uh, Ed Harris. <laughs> For like ten minutes, listeners have been like, "What's the movie Tyler <laughs> saw? It's the first movie you saw in a month and a half." And um, I completely forgot about it. Yeah, Appaloosa. I saw it. You saw it, and you enjoyed it a great deal. I loved it. Loved it. And, if, it and a lot of people are just saying it's okay or not liking it. I'm right. the only person that I have met who truly loved it. Well, I'm not sure if I would say I loved it, but I couldn't think of a lot of things I didn't like uh, when I when I exited the film. Um, it is, I'd say, very well acted, and it, and that's the thing is, uh, on experts and intermediates, Jason mentioned it, and uh, sorry, somebody is honking a great deal no, and it's distracting me, but um, Jason was mentioning mentioning a lot of things that he didn't care for, and so I feel like I need to address those. But it's like I can just call him, later. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there's just you know, it has it it's. It's not extraordinary. I mean, it doesn't really bring a lot of new things to the Western. It really just kind of feels like an old-timey kind of Western. It reminded me of Open Range. The, the, the problem, and I never saw Open Range, but the argument that I've gotten into with everyone mm-hmm. is that everyone is judging it through the lens of a Western. Okay. And, I mean, it sh- it sh- sure, it takes place there, and the themes work there because it is right. sort of a movie about like the about rugged individualism mm-hmm. and whatnot. But if you just look at it as a movie on its own and not as a piece of a genre, right. I think it's a really, it, a really great movie. I'm not going to drop this glass. You're looking at this glass of water like I'm going to just spill it on your couch. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not going to. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess that's interesting, and that's and that is the that's the risk that that you take anytime you make a a, a movie that's in a very definite genre. If you make a horror movie, it's almost impossible to judge it on its own merits. You have to compare it to similar horror right, how does it work as a part of the genre right. how does it does it um, scare you but the thing but westerns are, are are different i mean i guess there is there is like sort of a showdown mm-hmm. uh scene yeah and um, i love what they do with that it's amazing yeah and that's it's a i don't i'm not gonna give anything away about it but um <clears throat> it's it seems like that that or what i love about the movie is that it's not in in a weird way, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's really well shot and, and uh, nice to look at, but it's still not really very filmic. It kind of felt right. very eastern hmm. uh, to me in that uh, there's almost no melodrama in the movie at all. It's sort of it's just allowed to happen, right? And there aren't there aren't a whole lot of close ups in the movie. It it doesn't have a lot of the trappings that we think of moviness. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of just sort of longer shots where things play out. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's not a whole lot of discussion of that you'll find in like a lot of modern, a lot of modern westerns where they feel the need to like add a certain degree of psychology to the characters, um, which you know I'm I'm not opposed to that, but like but I think it's all there in this movie. It is. It's, it's it, there in the performances and the characters' actions. Like, but the n- character never has to say. Here's what I've done, you know. Right, and that's another thing I love about the movie is that it, it trusts its audience. Right, because I think it says a whole lot about the kind of mindset, the almost sociopathic mindset that you had to have yeah. to survive in this world. You There's know? A- and it looks at it through uh, the way the men do it, you know, with their right. with their guns and with violence, you know. Yeah. And then it applies the same logic to a woman with Renee Zellweger. Right, and so many of the reviews that I've read of Appaloosa mm-hmm. referred to her as like a loose woman or an immoral woman or just like a slut or whatever. That's so... Yeah. I would say... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, reductive? No. Facile oh, is the okay. word I'm looking for. It, there's so much going on in that character. She's my favorite character in in the movie, and it's up there with my favorite Renee Zellweger performances. I would I've say, really come around on. I know I'm dominating the discussion right now. That's fine. But I, I felt like I've had to defend this movie so much. That's true. That I want to do it to everyone. But uh, And I want to go on a tangent right now. Uh, I used to not really like Renee Zellweger. But after Down With Love, uh, Cold Mountain, which is just an okay movie, but she's amazing in it. Mm-hmm. And now Appaloosa. Um, I'm a huge fan of her. You don't I, think she's good in Cold Mountain, do you? you made a little no, buttering. I think she's over the top. And, um, and it uh, bothers me. And it was... Her performance in Cold Mountain no. that I was worried Here's about. Here's the thing: in I don't think she is over the top. Maybe I think it's just the character. I, I don't think care she's for. right. The movie is trying too hard to be uh, to to play to Nicole Kidman's strengths, frankly, well, and and be all, all muted and and, yeah. and and like porcelain <laughs> and everything that is Nicole Nicole Kidman. Whereas Renee Zellweger's performance is what that movie probably needed, and if more people had been playing it the way she was playing it, it would have been a better film and not so artsy. Or, or not, uh, not even artsy, but just like trying too hard to be literary. Right. I mean, it is. It's, it's one of the movies that uh, that I point to whenever, like, anytime I say it's like, oh yeah, that movie is clearly made to win Oscars, and people, some people don't really know what I mean when I say that. I'm like, Did you see Cold Mountain? That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Like, it's it it it's a movie that is important. All yeah. caps. The thing um, is, I still enjoyed Cold Mountain as a a movie, but not. That's the thing I'm talking about with, with Appaloosa. All right. that stuff that happens in Cold Mountain that makes it what you're talking about right. is not in Appaloosa, but it's still on its own as those kind of movies. I like Cold Mountain and Dr. Zhivago and like movies like that that right. are very big and, and grand and yeah. uh, and overdone, but they're they're sweeping sort of mm-hmm. non-realistic things, but you get caught up in them. Yeah. Gone I mean, with the Wind a, is another one. There's a place for those, there's those kinds of movies and you just kind of accept them on their own terms and then it really just comes down to a matter of preference and, and I tend to prefer things that are a little more minimalist which is one of the reasons that I like Appaloosa I would describe I'm not sure if I would describe it as minimalist but it's just very bare bones very you know it doesn't need a lot of flourish these characters don't have that kind of flourish so why should the the movie and yeah. um, and I think that Renee Zellweger I don't really care for her that much as an actress she she turns in a good performance every once in a while um that's not, you know what? She turns in fine performances. I'd say fairly consistently. It's just there's certain things that I don't like that she brings to characters. But that's, I'd say, a, a function of preference. Well, I've, as well. I realize that I like her better in anything that's even a little bit period. Like oh yeah, like down with love. Like down with love. Yeah. But when it's like modern day, like I love Jerry Maguire, but uh, I never really liked her in it. Uh, I, I buy her better in the past. In the <laughs> you should watch uh, Cinderella Man. Uh, I did watch Cinderella Man. You did? Yeah. 
Oh, that's pretty good. What'd you think of her in that? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I uh, said to my uh, friend when we were walking out of the movie is that uh, it was, this is going to sound weird, it's brave of her to take that role uh-huh. in Appaloosa because so many people are going to view her character as inherently negative. And, and some, sometimes she is, but she's not just a whore. She's not just, you know, she, well, she's a loose not, woman. Technically, she's not a whore at all. Right. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm, when you're I'm talking about the Old West, you have yeah. to be like... Right. <laughs> She wasn't. She's not just a loose woman. I'm sorry. Yes, whore was actually a, a, an actual job back then. It still is. It but, still is now. But now the but term has uh, in the, within the genre. There's a pretty good chance that any female character is going to be a whore. Yeah, and they address it in the in the film. Um, right. But uh, but you know, a lot of people, critics included, would have viewed her character in a very simplistic way. You know, a very black and white way. But the movie doesn't view her like that. No, and. You know, but she had to know going in, this is not a character that people are going to inherently like. We're going to have to talk them into liking me, and, um, and that's but why she I feel like anyway. I, want, I want to talk about the movie more with just with people because I want yeah, it's uh, specifically as as far as like uh, gender roles and gender politics go. It's a very interesting movie because all the characters are sort of like I said, sociopathic and kind of selfish, and they mm-hmm. sort of. Like even the sort of friendship between Ed Harris and Viggo Mortensen, mm-hmm. they understand each other really well. But they still they've come together because they can help each other. They're yeah. they're good at what they do, and they can help each other get ahead. And that's right. the right way Renee Zellweger pairs up with people too. But because so there's a sort of selfishness in the way that every character in that movie behaves. Yeah, but it's seen as like manly in Ed Harris and Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Ed Harris specifically. And then it's seen as like a negative thing with Renee Zellweger, right? Um, yeah, well, it's uh, this is we're turning into a review show. Well, that's all right. But I didn't want to do. But. but you know what? Here's the thing: is every time this film has been reviewed, it's been reviewed in a pretty negative context, and so I think we're out we're out of the critical mainstream here. Yeah. So I'm okay with uh, defending it against uh, against the detractors, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't I myself I don't have much more to say except that like it, there's just certain things that it really gets right. It really gets that bond between Viggo Mortensen and uh, Ed Harris, uh-huh. it's not even so much that they're friends. They kind of are, but it's more just they're so comfortable and familiar with each other that it's as close to f- being friends as they're ever really going to get. You know, it's like they understand what the other person's going to do. They understand the other person's uh, instincts and that kind of thing. And And in that way... It's, I don't know. It's it's kind of an old west old west kind of friendship. The understanding that this could end at any time. He could go this way. I could go this way. But right now, like from a business standpoint, it's mutually beneficial. But also, it's just good to know that a guy has my back who knows me really well. Yeah. Um. And uh, and there are several scenes where, the, you know, the two um have this nice shorthand. And there's a moment where uh one of them, you know, his his loyalty is called into question, but not for very long. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's a, gr- that's a great scene. It is. I yeah, love it. Man, and, uh, so, and it's also a nice reminder of, I, I love Ed Harris and he's one of those actors that just, you know, when he's not, when he hasn't been in anything for a while, I'm like, yeah, I like Ed Harris. He's, he's a good, he's a good actor. He's a solid actor. And then, then he, I, I will actually see him act again. And I'm like, right. He's great. Like he just, yeah. you know, everybody in that movie is is really solid. Even Jeremy Irons, who 
uh, has a somewhat questionable accent, but I'd say no more questionable than like Ian McShane in Yeah, Deadwood. it doesn't bother me at all. So anyway, but that's and, not and worth Lance Henriksen's in it. And Lance he-, he sure is. That's always a plus. Yeah. For I'd, any movie. I'd say all the uh supporting characters are cast incredibly well. Like Timothy Spall's in it, James yeah. Gammon. I don't know the ac- name of the actor who played the judge, but he's oh, yeah. all, he's awesome. It's just, you know, that's an what important part of, of that genre is casting the yeah. the supporting characters. But, but yeah, uh, uh, we've been going too long. Yeah. But that's okay because the topic today we've kind of already done before. Yeah. It's yeah, we uh, In a way. we were really excited about it and that's when uh when uh my wife, God bless her, was like didn't you already do this? <laughs> we're like, hey, no, wait, maybe. And then we went back and found out we did uh, something like it. Yeah, e- episode 10, we talked about sort of like franchises. Right. Movie franchises. Um, and that was all fun and yes. everything. It was I'm all sure well and good. It was probably a terrible episode being our, yeah. uh, our 10th. I, you know, someday we may need to take down those early episodes. I think about it for space like in general. Every day. <laughs> like, the f- taking down the first like fifteen episodes because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not happy with them. Yeah, but it, then I put myself in the shoes of someone who's like just discovering a podcast, right? Because I will always uh, start from the beginning if yeah. I discover like a new podcast. I don't recommend people start at the beginning. I say it's like, hey, go from episode twenty on, and then if you feel if you feel like it, go on back and uh, and yeah. listen to one through twenty. But yeah, uh, but, but yeah. Um, so so yeah, this might be a little familiar to. Some people, uh, to the people that have been listening since episode 10. Yeah. But for new listeners, this is a, Oh, you know, what, maybe two dozen ten, of Let's people? say 10. 10 people. You know, 10 people for um, episode 10. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we're, so, but this is different. It's not franchises. Right. Uh, and it won't be specifically franchises. Right. We're talking about trilogies. Trilogies, movie trilogies. This is yeah. a, a listener-suggested topic. Yeah, my friend Amy suggested this about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. I don't know if we should have mentioned how long ago it was, because it does kind of speak to the desperation with which we were looking for a topic today. But <laughs> well, you said, uh, you know, we we can't. This is the second week in a row that we have not been prepared to do a topic until about an hour before. Yeah, we record. But um, we were very excited about this topic, and why wouldn't we? It appealed to us before, so why why wouldn't it appeal to us now? <laughs> I've made David do a, a spit take. That was Almost. a lot of fun. I did not Almost. spit on your carpet. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That glass of water is a, t- a ticking time bomb <laughs> in one, in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, so yeah. So that's uh, that's the topic today is movie trilogies. So what what sort of uh, well, let's talk about something. Let's talk about the difference between movies that are like stories that are meant to be trilogies and movies that are just successful and end up having two yeah. sequels. Yeah. Um. And to me, yeah. And I mean, also, I wanted. Uh, there's a good reason we're doing this now is because with like the past couple of years of Die Hard four and the Anna Jones four, you know, yeah. there, there's been Ra- Rambo four. Was that? Was that a? F- I think that was a fourth one. I think so. Yeah, I've never seen any of the Rambo movies. Uh, it's not really my style. I saw First Blood. I'm kind of an artsy pussy. So. I know, and <laughs> I'm I'm more the mainstream uh, guy. So yes, I've seen uh, I've seen First Blood. Yeah, so solid th- performance by Brian Dennehy. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of uh, fourth movies, so we wanted to sort of get this topic out of the way before we have, you know, and then they're already making another Final Destination, which it seemed to me like all the plot points were wrapped up, I, <laughs> you know, the characters were resolved at the end of the third one. Well, and also, I mean, I, I uh, read the other day that they're, they found a writer to uh, script uh, the fourth Bourne movie, 
which yeah. just made my heart sink. Because um, Paul Greengrass and uh, Matt Damon are both interested in it. It's like, no, don't, don't, don't be interested in that. You, you wrapped it up. It's yeah. done now. Like that is that to me is, um, is a great trilogy. I mean, the first and third movies, they're bookended with very you know certain things that it's like, oh, this, this clearly this is this is done. There's no there's not many other places for this character to go. Yeah, and that's a, it's a that is a character driven trilogy, and and it, once the character has kind of you know completed his arc. Where is there to go? I mean, I remember when it first came out, I said that if they made another one, they would just turn him into James Bond, like James yeah. Bond with a bit of a conscience, um, because he has no more. He, he, he now, there's been at least anymore. four James Bond movies, right? I think there's been like six. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Quantum of Solace, though. That one's not being pushed. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should. Here's the thing. I've never really cared about James Bond. I've always been kind of indifferent to him. Right. And then... <clears throat> I don't know if I've even uh, I I've been temping at MGM, yeah. Uh, and now after like three months of that, I fucking hate James Bond because ah. I'm sick of seeing his face, Stupid all his different face. faces <laughs> everywhere with just these terrible taglines and the smirk and just like everything, just like a just a, just a cartoonish idea of of manliness. I I hate James Bond. Manliness. We do. We should do an episode on that. Yeah. Um, and I, now, never, now I didn't who, see Casino Royale. Cause, now, who is smirking? Uh, it's not Daniel Craig. He is not no, a smirker. No, of course not. But okay. all the rest of them. Yes, absolutely. Timothy Dalton's big, big smirker. Is he? <laughs> oh yeah. I guess he's got those devilish eyebrows. But, um, um, but yeah. Yeah, I uh, didn't see Casino Royale because uh, I hate James Bond. And but now Casino Royale, good. It. That's what I hear. I like it. And I like the trailer for Quantum of Solace, yep. and I like the Jack White Alicia Keys theme song, which I haven't heard. It's not as good as the only other good Bond theme song, which is "A View to a Kill" by Duran Duran. I'll have to listen to that one as well, <laughs> I guess. But uh, we're not here to talk about movies uh, or music. <laughs> we're not. Oops. I'm not. You know, if you want to, well, I'm we're not. We're not here, here to talk about James Bond. That's for damn sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, like the like when people think of you know when people think of like really solid trilogies they think of like indiana jones which unfortunately is no longer a trilogy but like you know that and then the first star wars trilogy and i guess the second one if you want to put it you know if you want to be strict about it like there's always do you view them as separate trilogies i do yeah yeah i mean i guess that's how that's the way they were presented to us yeah but will future generations just see it as a as six movies you know Honestly, I've thought about that. Like, maybe in, like, 40 years, like, if a kid's like, I want to watch these Star Wars movies and see what the what the big deal is. Like, and if they start with episode one, just the tone of the first trilogy versus the second trilogy is so different. Uh-huh. Like, at the very least, I know this is going to sound weird, but, like, let's say somebody watches them in order from one to six. Um, right around episode four, the kids are going to be like, wow, the spaceship's got a lot clunkier looking. Uh-huh. And uh, this... You know, these lightsaber fights are not nearly as flashy. Like, you know, there's a very... But these characters are much more interesting. Well, I don't know what the kids will think in those terms. But, like, (laughs) just they... Like, he... George Lucas tried to keep the... You know, tried to bridge the stories and build to the beginning of uh, episode four. But he didn't do it as far as, like, the the practical elements of it, like, you know, ship design and, and the way people fight with lightsabers. That's the thing that always got me is there's no fancy flips. There's no Darth Maul maneuvers in, uh, 
in episodes four, five, and six. And uh, I feel like so yeah, I feel like they are very much different trilogies. And I don't care, I don't care what George Lucas says, and I don't care what they what they say in uh, forty years. But you can just tell from the tone of them. Yeah. But um, but <clears throat> but I will say this: like viewed separately, they still are very definite trilogies. You know, mm-hmm. there is a very definite ending point. Um, and I'd say Spider-Man 3, as much as I don't care for it, um, it has, I mean, to me, it's all about arcs, you know. There's a very definite, and, you know, there's a very definite character arc for Spider-Man and some of the other characters in that trilogy, that, and they come to an end at number three. Now, of course, Spider-Man, everyone knows there's probably going to be a fourth one. I'm sure they knew it when they were making number three. But, like, but like Indiana Jones, like, Last Crusade... You know, like, they bring about stuff with his dad and just, you know, like, a lot of... They kind of get into a little bit of the psychology of the character, and they probably shouldn't go into any more. And, uh... Yeah. And it's just... It, that had a very definite ending point, you know? Mm-hmm. Born, Supre- uh, Born Ultimatum had a definite ending point, and it's just... The idea of adding more movies to them just feels superfluous and eh, wrong. I'll yeah. say wrong. Yeah, it's kind of like um, uh, we didn't need a third Godfather movie. Or, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's for damn sure. It, I mean, th- th- that's a trilogy that's on my list. I mean, let's let's talk about it. One and two together, yeah. are great. It's it's one great story. Well, I mean, that one you can uh, that one. It's like Indiana. Uh, it's it's like a similar thing with Indiana Jones. Where I mean, there was two years separating, you know, Godfather one and two. And then there was, like, another 15, you know, between two and three. And, like, that, everything about it feels like, hey, maybe we could go back to this well. Or, you know, and it's, and it feels like it. I mean, it doesn't have, even though it's the same director and a lot of the same cast and stuff, it's just, it doesn't have the same feel as as the others. And it doesn't feel like the natural progression of the characters. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just because there's such, there was such a big gap that I I would have liked to see the characters transition into what they eventually become. Yeah. You know, and uh I don't know, I haven't seen I haven't seen Godfather 3 in probably 8 years. Yeah. I have it. It's sitting probably on my the shelf same for me. I I've only seen it once. I watched yeah. it like early in college. I was like, "Well, I guess I should Yeah. I should finish this since so you see this thing through." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and it's never a good idea. Everybody ha- I remember when I first when I first rented it, um the guys at the video store that I rented it from, they're like, uh, you know, uh, you probably shouldn't watch that. I'm like, I know, but I guess I should just see it through. And they're like, you know, I know. You think you should. You really shouldn't. And uh, and I do anyway. And everybody, everyone who sees number three, they're always just like, well, I guess. And ev- they always get the warning. No, you don't have to. You really don't. Yeah. It's fine. It's not going to help your enjoyment. It's just there. Um I, I personally don't think they should ever even package it with, uh, with as a trilogy because it, <laughs> yeah. just, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> but that's I don't know. Maybe I'm a little too ins- uh, too insulting of it. But I don't know. Did you care for it? Did you like it? No, not at all. Okay, just making sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like the leather jacket Andy Garcia wears. Well, he did get nominated for supporting <laughs> actor, and I think it's the jacket. Um, <laughs> But uh, now, what are some you know? I mean, what are some uh, trilogies that you that you like that you enjoy? Oh well, um, well, I was actually going to say something. Okay. Uh, else, not about the Godfather, but 
Certainly this is not on the level of The Godfather, okay. but the Blade trilogy okay. is a similar thing. I've not seen any of them. I haven't even seen the first one. Okay. The first one's cool. Okay. Uh, the second one, Guillermo del Toro, yeah. it's uh, really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, they're, they're both good movies. Yeah. I mean, they're not great movies, but I, li- I like Blade and Blade 2. Mm-hmm. And then Blade Trinity, it's a completely different thing, you know? They've, they're... Adding these new characters where Blade's not fighting alone anymore. He's got Ryan uh, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds and uh, what's her name? Jessica Biel. Um, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. I knew there was a girl. I didn't remember it was her. Was it Jessica? Biel? I don't know. She's got a crossbow. Okay. But then, then, but then they've got a whole like team. Like when, like, it, like back when Punisher had Micro <laughs> in the comics. You know, <laughs> they've got like their team of nerdy uh, like tech yeah. guy helpers, including Pat Oswalt. And why not? Uh, and uh, and also, uh, what's her name? Darlene from Roseanne. Sarah, Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert, yeah. Um, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, is Let me that... go on another quick tangent right here. Okay. I went on a tangent about Renee Zellweger. I'm going to go on a tangent about Wesley Snipes. Okay. Did I think I... you went on the tangent about Rene, Renee Zellweger. I did. Zellweger. That's what I said. Okay. I thought you were accusing me. No, of... no. I did that. Okay. Um, <sighs> Wesley Snipes gets a bad rap. Okay. He's uh, a smart guy who, and he's maybe very ambitious and forthright, and uh, maybe not very tactful in the things that he says to the press. And, and okay. uh, but there's, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to be the guy, but maybe a little bit of racism in the way that uh, he's his outspokenness. Is viewed as oh well, he's a he's a he's a troublesome. Well, what has he uh, said? All I know is his about his uh, his uh, tax problems, right? But, which uh, is a whole other. Uh, I mean, the government's obviously racist. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, he had some tax problems. Yeah. Whatever. Well, what has he said? But I mean, that, well, specifically with the with the Blade movie with the with Blade Trinity, he was very outspoken about the fact that he wasn't happy that they were bringing other people along. He. Oh, okay thought he could carry another movie by himself. Yeah. And that and also that it was just wrong for the character of Blade to be working with anybody else. Right. And he's fucking right on both points. Yeah. But he's viewed as being difficult because hmm. he's not going along like it's only when it's uh a guy like Wesley Snipes who's A black and B not maybe uh uh a critic's darling. Okay. It's only when he goes against the studio when regular film fans will be like, "Oh, he's he's being difficult." Yeah, just, shouldn't you, as a film fan, take the side of the artist over over the studio? But Wesley Snipes gets a bad rap. Yeah, um, and actually, yeah, I didn't know that he had said that, and I would say that. Uh, yeah, I know that the studio is probably not thinking in these terms, but you know, if anybody know, nobody knows a character better than the actor who's playing them yeah not even the writer who's who created them or or writes for them the actor knows them best as you know it sounds kind of silly and you know uh, perhaps a little pretentious but they they are that character it's their job to Uh make that character a person and to understand why a character does something and so when he says yeah this isn't right for the character you know what it's as odd as you know as as like troublesome as he may you know come across I don't think in that term, in those terms, he's being a prima donna. It's the best character he's ever probably gotten to play, and so he's he's going to try and be 
loyal to that. And so, you know, when they're like, yeah, we're going to bring in these other people. And he says, you know what, actually, um, th- that's not right for the character. They're like, whatever, prima donna. Yeah. No, 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 no. Really, it, it has nothing to do with that. Maybe a little bit, but not as much as you think. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. And I don't, and uh, yeah, I always considered him uh, to be a good actor. I remember I liked him in that movie Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> whose name, Simon something. I don't, no, I, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I liked him in that. And uh, you know but, what I remember about, about Demolition Man? I couldn't wait to the, for the future when all restaurants are Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> now was that uh, was that a? Do you think that was a product placement or do you think that was a satire? I uh, I think it was. Well, I think it was a little bit of satire, and then they took whoever's money they would. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't think the writer had any like say in, in, in whether it was Taco Bell or KFC that was every restaurant okay. it was whoever ponied up the most. So you don't think it was the uh the idiocracy thing where it's that guy who's constantly saying brought to you by Carl's Jr. <laughs> right. Okay. Um but let's get back on topic here, David. We're talking about a, a trilogy here. Okay, fair enough. Um but and that's the thing, I've not seen those those movies, but uh like at the end of Blade Two, did they do you think it required a third film? No, I mean it didn't necessarily require a second film either. It's okay. not that kind of story. Yeah. Um but it's I don't know, it was it was like it was still interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh at the end of the second film. Okay. Uh, at the end of the third film I didn't want to see another Blade movie. Right. Okay. So. Um yeah, it's uh I don't know. I saw X-Men 3. You've seen you've only seen 1 and 2, right? You haven't seen Yeah, I've only one? seen the well, that's how I X Men Three is. I'm actually doing what I what I should have done with the Godfather movies. I'm just not going to see it. Yeah, and that's you know you're a better person for it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, critics actually really enjoy it, and uh, and it's just it it just feels like such a different movie. I mean, it's just I feel like it should be viewed separately from the first two because first off. It's a different director, so it's got a different tone. Mm-hmm. And there's more of a there's more of a uh, a focus on the action and that kind of thing. But I mean, you can just tell because a lot of the things that have been that Brian Singer spent the first two movies setting up, uh, Brett Ratner and his writers decided, no, we're not going to do that, and just like just shuts them down completely. Yeah. And you know, and it's just like. But aren't you also? I mean, yeah, Brett Ratner is a tool, obviously, whatever. Right. But aren't you also a little mad at Brian Singer for abandoning the? Because he pretty much left it to do Superman. He was uh, like, yes, he had I'm set two movies setting the stuff up, and then said, "Ah, forget it. I'm going to do Superman." I, I get. It does bum me out. Yes, and I do, and yeah, I mean, you could blame him because I'm sure that uh, that the studio also said, like, ah, we don't want to spend so much time on this uh, love triangle. We'd rather have you know this other thing, um, but. Uh, and you and you get the feeling that yes, if Brian Singer had directed the third one, he probably would have fought for it and probably would have got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of people to blame. But I mean, it's just, I mean, when when uh, let's say before Batman, before Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and Batman and Robin, when it was just Batman, Batman Returns, and Batman Forever, would anybody have considered that a trilogy? I mean, I guess they would have simply because there's three of them, but everything is so different in the third one yeah. that I don't, I mean, I know that it was, you know, I bought it on VHS in 95 and it was packaged as a trilogy and I bought it that way because that's how it was packaged and that's how it was, it was cheapest. But yeah, I certainly didn't think of them that way. It's like, okay, there's the first two and now here's another one. 
Yeah, um, but you've got a different actor playing Batman. You have a different actor, a different director, a different tone, and I and yeah, I mean, but X Men: The Last Stand still has the same same cast. It has the same cast, but it's almost like they're playing different characters because they're required to do such different things. But that's you know that's me being being picky. But it's just I don't know, and that it seems to happen a lot. I mean, you know that you'll have like the same director or something for the first two. They'll bring in someone different for the third, and it just has. Just such a different tone, and just well. Let me talk for a second. Okay, about Terminator. Oh, okay. Which is the same thing. Yeah. Now a lot of, uh, it, I enjoy all three Terminator movies. Okay. But three I'm not. Is not as I didn't dislike it as much as as some people. Right, but neither of us are big like Terminator nerds. True. Which like, I mean, because like I hate Alien Three more than right. the casual Alien fan because I'm a big. <laughs> I was a. I love the Alien movies. Um, but, uh, so like I've talked to people who are appalled that I have anything nice to say about Rise of the Machines Hmm. because they were people who were invested in, in this, in this story. And it, and they've pointed out things to me that I see, I see what they're talking about. And this shift in tone is exactly what, what, uh, I'm saying. Like to, to, to people who took it more seriously than I did, the, the, the idea that the female, uh, Terminator can like make her breasts bigger. Yeah. You know? That's sacrilege because they're treating it they're being silly about it. Yeah. Whereas to me it kinda worked because I didn't view it as gospel to begin with. I just thought they were cool movies. But I I I like Rise of the Machines a lot and uh I think even though it did change the tone, what it still continued the story. Mm-hmm. Which is what you're you're talking about with the X Men three, how they sort of abandoned yeah. stuff they had set up. Yeah. Uh Terminator 3 still takes place within the canon. The, the tone has changed, right. but it still is working towards the same the same endpoint. And it adds to the story. I mean, it just like it doesn't just continue it in kind of an arbitrary fashion. It actually does as you say, it adds to the canon. It like it kind of does a neat an interesting bookend the idea that there kind of is fate and it doesn't matter how you fight against it, you know, the, I mean, it's called Rise of the Machines for a reason. I mean, spoilers, everybody. It came out five years ago, but spoilers anyway. Um, you know, it ends... With, like, the machines don't rise until the end. It's called Rise of the Machines, and it's basically like, hey, no matter how much you fight against this, it happens anyway. Yeah. And in fact, your fighting against it is kind of what... what Kind of what causes it, or... Yeah. You know, or that's, what's, that's something that factors into these machines rising you know yeah um and that and yeah i mean the tone was certainly different but the story was continuing in an in, in an interesting way um i'm still not sure uh, there's another one where there's a fourth one coming out and, yeah and uh and i'm not sure I, I think it'll probably continue to add to the story but yeah I, I'm who knows what the tone's gonna be i have a feeling that one the tone is gonna return to the very serious uh operatic uh, tone of the first two. The trailer does kind of suggest that, but then again, it, it's McG who knows how to have fun. Yeah, I like the Charlie's Angels movies. Yeah, well, maybe this is him getting serious. I hope so, but he, maybe he should get a grown-up name then to put. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> to put in the credits. Um, um, but I like that. Uh, I think we might have talked about it on the show before, or at least I've talked about it to you. I like that they're getting a different actor to play John Connor. Yeah. Uh, every time. Yeah, you've yeah you've you've mentioned it uh, on the show. Okay. That. Uh, but I think they got a they got a good actor. Although I think I think you mentioned you had a problem with uh, 
Christian Bale taking on too many yeah, iconic. Yeah, I don't want him to to dilute his product. I want him. To, <laughs> I want him to do more machinists. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Jurassic Park. There's a trilogy where it's like even though a third, even though another director took over the third one, second one's not very good. No, you know, I mean, it's that feels like. In fact, to a me, I never saw again. I, again, I never saw the third one. Right. This is another, yet another. I never saw Jurassic Park three. I, I can't saw. imagine it being worse than The Lost World. And you know what? It's it's different. It's it's definitely different. It feels closer to The Lost World. No, I guess it feels closer to uh, to number uh, to the first one. But um, but it's got these weird. It has one moment that when I think of Jurassic Park three, I think of this moment. Okay, there is a like a fantasy sequence. It turns out to be a dream. You don't know. You know. You don't know it's a dream. Yeah. But it's done in a way that's free, first off creepy uh-huh. and second funny, uh, in which uh, Alan Grant is on a plane and he like wakes up and he hears somebody say Alan and it's his it's the voice of his assistant and he looks over and there's a raptor sitting in his seat but speaking like uh-huh. saying Alan and it's it's so freaky but it doesn't let it it doesn't linger on it he then of course wakes up in the in the seat and everything's fine and he was just dreaming of course he was dreaming. Raptors haven't learned to speak, <laughs> but um, but that's got to be next, though. Uh, you they, make it open doors. Uh, they do actually have uh, certain things where they communicate with each other, and Grant learns how to uh, sp- communicate with them through some little thing, some device that he has, like a communicate, like part of a raptor skull or something. I don't know. It's pretty crappy, but um, yeah, that's, that's awful. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, but the uh, clearly, I mean, the first two, I don't think had. Uh, dream sequences in which the yeah. dinosaurs are talking. I mean, it does have a very different. It's Joe feel Johnston, to it. right? Yeah, it. and it's it's slightly more family friendly because I'll tell you, the body count amongst sympathetic characters zero. Oh, okay. like it's all, you know. I mean, it's all like characters that you just don't care about, and that they're all mercenaries and stuff like that. And you just you expect it, you get what you expect, and that's it. Um. But, yeah, third one is awful, but I'd say it's as bad as the second one. Okay. Um, Does it have any gymnastics in in the third one? You know what? It doesn't, and so it's got that on the second one. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Um, Now, who built that little shack in the lost world? (laughs) What are those two uh, bars doing there? Well, they're not bars. I think they're like pipes or something like that. So I, you know, most places try and hide the piping, but not this place. You know, it's you know, no frills on this island. Um, yeah, not only is it right there, they're <laughs> it's at two, they're taking up way more room than they need to. They're two exactly. separate uh, areas and levels. They're uneven because yeah, well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, now, uh, I mean, I guess you can't really talk about trilogies without bringing up Lord of the Rings, which. It's not a it's not a trilogy in the same way as I'd say any of the things we've been talking about, which are you know one, usually one one of these movies does really well, and then they right. give you a second. And you, at this point, I think if they give you a second one, it's almost a given that there's going to be a third. Like yeah, like I don't think there's a lot of franchises these days that are content with just two movies. Like yeah. Like uh, a third is just assumed. At I this don't point, see I another think. Meet the Parents on the horizon. <laughs> In spite of this list that we looked at, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> someone on uh, someone had a, a list of like their favorite movie trilogies online 
because I was doing research. That's research, right? For a topic, and they put like honorable mention, meet the parents. And there's only two of those, right? Yeah, Am I there's crazy? There's so many things wrong with this. First off, there's no reason that should be honor considered honorable. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also, there's only two. Maybe Does this guy the, think that Along Came Polly is the third? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe he was watching Permanent Midnight, and it's like this trilogy, this <laughs> franchise has taken a turn. Um, but uh, but yeah, and um, so Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. That of course is basically just. I mean, you and I can attest to this because we did watch all three extended versions in one day. Yeah, it was fun, and it was fun. But I mean, it's clearly it's all one movie. I mean, yeah. the movies they do like one and two, they do have small victories kind of definite ending points but clearly part of a larger story i mean that's how it was intended to be so in that way when talking about trilogies it's you almost can't count it because it was always meant to be that way and some people might feel i remember i kind of did at first but after a while i kind of got on board i felt dissatisfied with the lack of ending in the lack of like definite ending in the first one but at the but i'm like you know what? It's it was never meant to be that. Yeah, I was never dissatisfied. I was just like, I hope I don't get hit by a car, like before this. Oh and, yeah, and die before this thing ends. You know, it's okay. This is weird, but part of me was like, when my dad passed away in two thousand two, I'm like, oh, he's never gonna see how Lord of the Rings ends. Yeah. But then I'm like, he didn't see the first one. Oh. <laughs> Maybe uh, <laughs> at the time I was just uh, you know. Every possible negative thought went through my head, and that was one of them, because I'm stupid. Um, but uh, I tell you, though, like, one trilo- trilogy that I just absolutely hate. Um, I like the first one, but I really do not like the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, because everything about that just smacks of, of you know, money. of Because so far, I feel like a lot of the films that we've a lot of the trilogies we've talked about, they seem to come about from a nat- from either the audience wanting another one right. or the filmmakers feeling like, you know, we can take these characters in another place. But, like, there's a definite ending to the first Pirates, and, I mean, I guess the audience liked the thing Jack is, Sparrow. The idea of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie being good, mm-hmm. which it was, yeah. was such uh, so <laughs> yeah. out of left field. I yeah. mean, this is a movie based on a theme park ride. Right. We had no reason to suspect that this was going to be a, after the Country Bears movie <laughs> and the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And uh, I, the Country Bears movie has a lot of laughs. In it, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we had no. So it's like the second and third one, which I, again, I haven't seen them. Right. Uh, I, I have. I, I don't get caught up in that. Uh, I, I, n- I never feel any imperative to see any movie. I'll see it if it seems good. Yeah. But uh, just because I've seen part one doesn't mean i'm gonna go see part two of a, of a film of a trilogy or whatever so uh yeah i didn't see two and three but it sounds like they're sort of what we expected all along yeah i mean it's you know number two does it does add some interesting elements like there's a you know there's the kraken like they they add some interesting elements from you know ocean and seafaring lore like the idea of the kraken and the idea of davy jones played by bill nighy who does a great job but like, and I think people wanted to see Jack Sparrow again because, admittedly, he's a fa- he's a really interesting and memorable character. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the filmmakers are like, yeah, they want Jack Sparrow, so obviously they want all these other characters, no matter how peripheral or boring. And uh-huh. uh, it's like, no, nobody was clamoring to see Orlando Bloom, were they? Did you almost say Orlando Jones? I almost said Orlando Jones. <laughs> I, I get so. him mixed up too. 
<laughs> Which one was in Kingdom of Heaven? <laughs> uh, now, Orlando Bloom, he was in Primeval, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that one just... And we talked about it, I think, when we talked about franchises, is that... Um, I think that might be actually why I wound up seeing the third one, is so I could talk about the Pirates That's franchise. Right, yeah. But, um, but it's just... You can tell that they're just trying to kind of... They're not trying to expound on character and stuff. They're just trying to give the audience what they want or what they think they want. And so, like, they wind up playing up certain lines again. It's like, no, I didn't... I liked this line when I heard it. Yes, admittedly. Just come up with another line that I will like. Don't just say this one again. Yeah. You know, and it's just... uh, But, but yeah, I, I don't like the Pirates trilogy at all. Some people do. Uh, and I, I don't associate with them. Now we need to go back. Okay. Did you have anything more about Lord of the Rings? Uh, no, I was going to move on, but go ahead. I, well, I want to move on okay. from Lord of the Rings. You, uh, another trilogy that was meant to be a trilogy from the beginning is okay. The Matrix. Okay. But it's different. Obviously, Lord of the Rings set out knowing they were going to get to make all three movies. Yeah. The Matrix didn't know that, so they sort of had to put an ending on the first one. Yeah. And so it, even though it's, in theory, it, it's like the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. it's one big story... It feels more like a like a born identity or something where yeah. you know there's a, a movie and then two sequels that are part right. of one story. Uh, actually, it's very much like the born identity in that sense hmm. because it has the two sequels that uh, it has like the first movie and then you jump forward in time and then two sequels that take place right. back to back. Yeah, because born yeah born ultimatum starts seconds after uh, supremacy is ended. Yeah, uh, and same deal with with the Matrix movies. Um. Well, the Matrix probably could have been better. I think if it had been uh, done like Lord of the Rings, if they had yeah. if they had shot all three of them at once when they were in that the Bachowskis were in that brief moment of inspiration and being good yeah. at something. Uh, uh, but instead, you ended up with Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions, which uh, uh, I enjoyed to some extent. But a lot of that just has to do with goodwill. Yeah, <laughs> you know the like, the fact that I loved the Matrix so dearly, so so much, <laughs> and it makes you uh, wonder. I mean, the you know from a story standpoint, they wanted it to be a trilogy. Like, why did they theoretically? I mean, they made the first one. They had a lot of goodwill. I imagine the studio would let them do pretty much anything they wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, so like, and they had time to do it. They didn't have to do one right after another. You know, I mean, they had, you know a few years to work out the story kinks and all that. And they just didn't. I mean, if they, if this was planned to be a trilogy the whole time, didn't they have the story already worked out or? Yeah. I don't don't think, I don't think the story is the problem. Okay. I think the problem is that they were so emboldened by their success Mm -hmm. that they decided to essentially take themselves way too seriously. Okay. Uh, I think that's, that's the main problem is that you could, the Matrix was such a fun movie that you could ignore how bad the dialogue was. Okay. You know? But I had a hard time doing that, but yes, I understand what you're saying. But the the, the sequels the, they they feel like they can do no wrong, it seems like the Wachowskis in, in making those and so they pour every bit of pretension that they can into them, you know. Boy, and do I they. I still respect their gall in making those movies, you yeah. know, and I I'm fascinated by the ideas behind them. Mm-hmm. And some people have just accused those movies of being just a sort of like 
philosophical like grab bag. They just put every idea they could think of into it and it doesn't have a unifying theme. Yeah. And I think in some ways that that's right. The movies don't have a unifying theme. The yeah. but they the reason there's all these like, you know, it's got 2000 years of philosophy right piled into them is because they're in, in a way, it's going to, again, I'm going to sound just as pretentious as they do, but they're movies that are meant to make you think about things. Right. Um, they were unsuccessful, I think, for most people in doing so because they ceased to be fun. Yeah. You know, and uh, you felt that you were lectured at or speechified to uh, yeah. way too often. Um, but, I, I, again, I, I've said this on the show many times, but I really respect those movies, even though I don't necessarily like them. Yeah, I... Uh, Matrix Reloaded has some cool stuff. It, that, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That car chase that takes up, like, the whole second act of the movie, almost, is awesome. Yeah, and uh, and the fight, uh, like, up the staircase with all the guards and stuff. Right before the, the car chase. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah li- like, literally the whole second act of that movie is just action. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, like, maybe... Maybe Peter Jackson watched that while he was conceiving the T-Rex uh, uh, section of King Kong. And he's like, yeah. well, they did it. Yeah, you could just go on forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> just I'm going to make another little movie inside my movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and honestly, uh, there were, yeah, I loved certain aspects of all three Matrix movies. Um, I liked the idea of the architect, even though I said it to you when we uh, when we first saw it, that it's like, I know every single one of the words that he used. I have no idea what he said. I he just he just says it with such a monotone, and it's like no no no. There's and it's it's a character thing. It's not just the actor not doing a good job. He does a fine job. He's, I think he does a great job. Yeah, but like he just he's so monotone, and there's like really no punctuation. It's like all one sentence, uh-huh. and it's just like and I'm like wow, I've seen this thing twice. I don't have a clue. I, I I'll watch it a couple more times. I've now seen it. I saw it, I saw it twice in the theater, and I've okay. seen it twice on DVD. It it makes sense. Okay, I'm sure it does. You know, but do you uh, remember when we saw that movie in the theater? Yeah, we we wanted to see Finding Nemo, but it was sold out. Okay, I don't remember that part. That part. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay, we're gonna go see Finding Nemo. It was me, you, and uh, our Mark friend Mark. Um, I'm gonna need to use last names. Oh, sorry. Um, and uh, uh, I think. Y- I had already seen Reloaded, and I think you had too. Yes, I had, yeah. And you had also already seen X-Men 2. Yes. Which I had not seen yet. Right. Uh, and it came down to, like, they were both about to start, mm-hmm. and Mark swung us towards Matrix Reloaded, and you were not happy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was probably a little outspoken, a little grumbly, yeah. I think. <laughs> I'd rather see X-Men 2. <laughs> um, yeah, well... You know, I'm not, I wasn't as uh, tactful as I am now. Um, no, you were just about as tactful as you are now. Shut <laughs> your fucking mouth. Um, I did want to, before we end, I did want to mention There's a one. Whole bunch of shit we I know, get to. But I wanted to mention one uh, very specifically um, that I think, because like, you were talking about, you like the idea of John Connor being played by a different person. Um but we've also talked about the idea of like, oh, uh, you know, a trilogy really breaks down when you have like a different director. One trilogy that I think that has benefited very much from different directors is the Mission Impossible trilogy. Yeah. Um, because each one has a different feel to it. But, you know, it's consistent, bec- you know, with the character 
played by Tom Cruise, and just, I don't know, I, that trilogy I like a great deal. I don't really like the second movie that much. I love the third one. Um, but each one just takes the character not not only through a different set of adventures, but almost through a different genre and a different style of filmmaking. And because, who did the first one, Brian De Palma? Yeah. Like, because he didn't do, like... Yeah. Well, Sorry, I had yeah, a little attitude, we all know didn't that. I? <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, but uh, because he didn't do, like, the first two and then another director for the third, like, because it's been established that it's going to be different every time, but it will still have the through line of this character and this actor... Um, I feel like it's a very successful trilogy. They could probably make a fourth one with another director who's, you know, very solid and and I I I wouldn't have a problem with it because Who would you like to see do another Mission uh, Possible? Mc, I don't know. McG? I, I mean, no, no. <laughs> um one I I'd, I'd say one of the good things about the the movie is that it, the the trilogy is that his it has stayed there are moments of humor but it has stayed pretty not heavy-handed, but it has stayed pretty straight-faced. Um, yeah, and uh, and I'm not a, I'm not opposed to that when it's you know done well, but um, but yeah, I'm not sure who who do you think would be a good. I don't know. I was just thinking. Of oh, okay. All right. Well, let me look at my. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah, uh, yeah. Silence of me staring at my <laughs> uh, my movie. Well, we while didn't it's get not to. Work. There's a whole like thing I wanted to talk about, like movies that are. Well, first we didn't get to talk about three colors at all. We talked. Oh, we yeah. didn't get to get artsy at all in this episode. We I talked know, so much about. We didn't about get to talk about the man with no name trilogy. Yeah, we kind of did a rehash of the franchise thing by talking about all like big, you know, Hollywood trilogies. Oh man! But I also wanted to talk about, and we don't really have time, but like groups of three movies by a director that are considered trilogies, but aren't. Oh yeah. You know, like uh, Baz Luhrmann's Red Curtain trilogy. You okay. know, with Strictly Ballroom and uh, Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Which are obviously those movies have nothing to do with one another. Yeah. But they're all made in a certain style. Sort you know, sort of like p- people talk about Picasso having different periods. You know, in in his in his life in right. his career. You know, that's what, uh, and that's why it's the main reason I'm really interested to see Australia, because I want to see. Is is Bos Bos Lerman done with the red curtain style? Is right. he going? Is he is he going? Are we going to see a new Bos Lerman with Australia? Now, what do they mean? Like when they say the red curtain style, what does that mean? Like just a like, why do they call it red curtain? First off, um, I think the the idea is that you can imagine all these, all three of these films sort of taking place under a proscenium. You know, they're okay. all very theatrical. They're yeah, not, yeah, they don't take place in reality. Okay. they're all heightened. Uh, I would say, yeah, okay, that's kind of what I assumed, but, uh, and I'd say that's absolutely right. I mean, you can imagine at the end of every film, a red curtain falling, yeah. and you have to clap Which all the actors. did in Moulin Rouge, right. of course. Um, and perhaps that, perhaps that means that he, he was aware that he was doing this, and the curtain finally shuts, and now he's ready to move on to his next, uh, his next phase of filmmaking. Yeah. Maybe, I don't so. know. And then, uh, another one is, uh, this is not... These are all movies that I don't really like, right. but El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, yeah, uh, all sort of they they make up a trilogy. Yeah, uh, well, and they've all got the same character in it. Yeah, they do, I guess, but so. it's not it's not a continuation of the story. No, at all. In, uh, I mean, Desperado's like, what? Well, Desperado's the shittiest of the three, but they're all pretty shitty. Yeah, me. yeah. None of them are that uh, are that great or compelling. The um, third one at least has has Johnny Depp in it. It sure does. <laughs> With that shirt that says FBI in huge letters. <laughs> That's the best part of the movie. And him getting hit in the head yeah. uh, as he's walking along with no eyes. Um, 
And then, of course, uh, I never n- remember how to say his last name, but Brad Silberling. Uh-huh. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, who I never thought of it this way, but he somebody was talking about, like, oh, his, uh, his death trilogy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, Casper, City of Angels, Moonlight Mile. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And That's funny. Yeah. And, uh, but apparently, like, I, I believe he, uh, he was engaged to somebody or he was married to somebody and, and his wife died. And then he started making movies that, even though they're incredibly different genres and, you know, some of them were magical and some of them were based in reality, like, that was the, the thematic, you know, through huh. line of the bunch. And I was like, huh, all right, why not? You know, if it's something that he's preoccupied with. Um, yeah, I didn't even think in those terms. Do you have any others, uh, any other examples like that? Not off the top of my head here. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess there's, uh, I haven't seen any of them. The, the element movies, fire, water, earth. That's, oh yeah. I think yeah. I did those in like the wrong order. I think it's earth, fire, water, but okay. I, I haven't seen any of those. They're all in my Netflix queue. Yeah. I haven't seen all three of the Apu movies. Oh yeah. Um, we've only seen the one. I've seen Path of Panjali, but I haven't seen the, the sequels, which I hear are, are amazing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we didn't talk about any like artsy stuff at all. Well, we've got you know we could probably go a little bit longer. I've only seen of the three colors trilogy. I've only seen red, but you've seen all three. Yeah, and I've always want. I I really enjoyed red. A lot of people say that's their least favorite of the bunch, um, but I enjoyed it a great deal. And I'm, I want to see the other two more than I mean the, the movies. They're all standalone movies. Yeah, they don't. Repeat the same characters, except for you see stuff crossover. You'll see a scene in in white that right. you'll see like a tangential like background scene in white that you realize, oh, that was happening in blue. You know, oh, okay. Um, it's it's that kind of stuff. Um, red has more of that than the other ones, so it's a weird one to have only seen because okay. it's of the three, it's the one that is that that's enjoyability uh, rests most most on you having seen the other two. Hmm. Um. Blue is amazing, and yeah. it's most people's favorite, and for good reason. Uh, white is always really, also really cool too, and I think you would like white because it has, because um, I know you're into like noir type stuff, and it has sort yeah. of like a, a, it's a little bit more hard boiled, you know. It's it actually has a gun in it. There's <laughs> <laughs> actually someone uses a gun in white, which is. <laughs> I don't know who you think I am. I don't. A gun I, doesn't have to be. Yeah, you know. you're you're the guy who has. A million Philip Marlowe books on your bookshelf. I know exactly who you are. For the record, I do not care for the works of Raymond Chandler. All right, okay, I like Dashiell Hammett okay. and Rex Stout and Mickey. Yeah, Mickey Spillane. You also sorry. like Mickey Spillane, which uh, I don't is love terrible. Mickey Spillane. I've read two of his books. I'm like, I think I'm good. Um, it's, he's not a good yeah. writer. But no, um, he's he's the captain of the football team. Somebody gave him a pen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, this would be awesome. Um, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if he used that exact phrase, but. Um, yeah, uh, shoot, I just had something, and then I lost it, but that's all right. Um, three colors, I don't recall. But uh, And then he also did the the Decalogue, but each of those is, that's ten, but they're only, they're like only about an, an hour. hour. Okay. Yeah. So he, yeah, Kieslowski worked as, I mean, it's not like he, like the three colors, like they're they're each their own movie, but... I mean, did he? He, yeah. he, he was the guy who did fully uh, intending to do all three. Right? Yeah, and Eric Romare was is another director that did that. You know, mm-hmm. and he's got a bunch of like the morality tales, right. uh, and then he's got the, uh, I guess I don't know what you call them, the season movies, or he's got Autumn Tale, Winter Tale, Summer. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I think it's a more, I, I guess, a more European way of working. 
And uh, Kiesowski, in fact, was had started another trilogy, or had at least written one, mm-hmm. uh, one of which ended up being made by Tom Teichver, Heaven. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, which I put off for so long seeing mm-hmm. because I loved Kieslowski so much and I just thought Tom Teichver was okay. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, who does he think he is, you know? Yeah. And then I ended up really liking Heaven. But it was supposed to be Heaven, Hell, Purgatory. Those oh, okay. were going to be the, the three films. No um, Earth in there. Maybe Earth, Maybe Purgatory is Earth. Maybe that was going to be the reveal. Oh! Mind blown. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we should probably finish uh, on yeah, that. Yeah, because anything we say from now until the end, they're not even going to be listening because they're thinking about that gem. That Ex- I, exactly. That, exactly. That exploding seed I planted in their brain. Um, although I did want to get uh, I did want to get your take on this. There's going to be a Toy Story 3. Yeah. What do you think? I'm um, fine with me. Yeah. It seems like the kind of... Like, it seems that my concern, you know, to to go back to stuff that we've been saying is like, I don't see where else they could take the characters, but that doesn't mean there isn't a place for the characters to go. I mean, if anybody yeah. could pull it off and, and have it be, you know, have it work, it would be the, the Pixar people. Because I certainly would have, wouldn't have thought that Toy Story 2 would have been as good as it is, and I actually like it more than the first. Um, You're one of those, huh? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I'd say it's better than the first, but I like it more than the okay. first. Um, I, like, I like Toy Story 2 fine, but I, it's like The Godfather 2 to me. A lot of people say it's better. I don't think it's better. I don't, yeah. I certainly don't think that with uh, The Godfather, but uh, a lot of people like Aliens more than Alien. I'm not one of those either. That, but that's a matter of taste. They're yeah. so completely different movies. I mean, right. Aliens a horror movie and Aliens is an action movie. Yeah. Um, and they're both great. Yeah, and then Alien 3 comes along and, uh, well, what yeah. can you do? It's, like the, the POV shots of the Alien... Uh, <sighs> It, they don't have eyes. <laughs> That's true. They don't have eyes. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, you just gave me something new to be infuriated about. <laughs> David Fincher, that, he can't defend that. You know, he's disowned yeah. that film, but he shot that shot. Yeah. Didn't bring, the studio didn't send somebody while his back was turned. Um, <laughs> although that'd be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so, yeah, of course, we didn't get to, I mean, we didn't even talk about Back to the Future or, you know, Scream. Or Ocean's Eleven. You know what? We're fine. Um, we talked about Scream last week. So that's people right. know how that's we right. feel about Scream. Um, I would have liked to talk more about the Man with No Name trilogy, but you know, someday we'll talk about westerns uh, more yeah. than we did today. And um, I would have liked to talk about Final Destination more than just joking about it because I actually like those movies. Maybe next week. Maybe we can do it next week. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so you can always go to uh, okay. So battleshippretension.hotmail.com is the uh is our email address uh you can always donate on the website uh it is going to be it's up right now but it's probably going to be down in a couple of days for i don't know maybe hopefully less than a week it depends on how long it takes me to rebuild it but uh but yeah so if in a few days you find that the website is not working don't worry we'll have it up and running again but uh you know in the meantime it's working just fine, so you can go and read blogs or, uh, you know, uh, read our movie recommendations. Or, hey, you can donate some money if you like. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, battleshippretension.hotmail.com, and uh, yeah, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.